welcome to Hit The Six. Uh, and it's a great day. It's a day of celebration. After yesterday, the government announced the return of recreational cricket from possibly the 11th of July, whether club cricket will get going that soon remains to be seen. Um, but it's back. Cricket is coming back. And of course, this coming Wednesday, 8th of July, Test cricket resumes England versus the West Indies. The first of three tests, it's going to be great. And that's what me and Michael will be discussing today as we basically reflect on England's little warm-up match that they've had, Team Butler versus Team Stokes, who shone, who didn't do so well, who should get the North basically to make the, the starting 11 for the first test. And then on to look at the West Indies, their touring side as well, and, and how they'll shape up. For the first cricket we're getting this summer, the first real cricket we've been, we'll get since the South Africa tour, which honestly feels like a lifetime ago. Michael, quickly, how are you? Are you excited for what's coming up? I'm buzzing. I had a bit of a rubbish morning. Spent the morning unclogging a shower. But I'm now very excited for cricket. I've not really been overwhelmed by um, the football returning. I've not really enjoyed it about the crowds. I felt a bit disconnected not being a Premier League fan. So I'm hoping my uh, Now TV Sky Sports subscription will come into its own on Wednesday when the cricket's back. Because I think with the commentators, I think cricket will feel just like normal, even without the crowds, to be honest. That's my hope. Oh, yeah, of course. Because, I mean, test matches in the UAE against Pakistan are behind closed doors anyway, basically. So... And um, it's not, it wouldn't be the, you know, you're used to seeing cricket maybe in an empty stadium compared to perhaps the Premier League, uh, less so. It feels like every single club has had a racist incident over the past two months, which is why everyone's behind closed doors. But of course, of course, that's not the reason. Anyway, we've got special guests this week, maybe not quite as special as the last two weeks because they haven't played Test cricket for England or had a glittering first class career. Uh, we've got our regular contributor, a much maligned contributor, Freddie Larkins, with us. And also Henry Bowen and Don Woods. Um, gents, Don, we'll start with you. How are you? Oh, mo- morning, fellas. No, re- really, really good. I was, uh, you're right. These, these are some seriously big boots to fill. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll see if we can pontificate at length. <laughs> um, Henry, Bozza, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Um, definitely enjoyed being back in work the last four weeks, but uh, pales in comparison to the return of cricket. I've been watching the three-day warm-up match relentlessly, something that I probably wouldn't wouldn't bother tuning into, but it's all of a sudden become the be-all and end-all of my life in the last three days, I think. So not working too hard then on your return to work? I was going to say, Bozza, how are you combining being a teacher and watching the three-day warm-up religiously? That's pretty impressive. It's, uh, it's not too hard if you put your mind to it. I've gotten very good at multitasking since I started teaching. <laughs> and Freddie, finally, how are you? You managed to wake up this time on time, well, sort of, which is a, which is a start. Oh, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm all right, fellas. Thanks, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, the, the, the warm-up game has been has been kind of on constantly in our house. I, I love the fact that you can actually see the person like operating it and changing screens as the bowlers like change ends. It's like the most badgery thing possible. No commentary, no nothing. It's, it's for the purists. Definitely. It's, been, it's been world class. Yeah, it's been world class. And it has that single, I only watched very little little bits. But does it have, is it like county cricket highlights and Sky Sports where it's a still camera so you can only see the wickets and you can't see what happens if it goes out of shot? Is that no, exactly it? It's two stationary yeah. cameras, one either end of the wicket. No commentary. I mean, it is one for the purists. Yeah, but it's, yeah. I love that. I used to love that county cricket. I'm sure it been the same in this where you see someone go for a massive shot and you don't know if it's going to be a six, whether it's going to be a wicket until you see the bowler's reaction. And either it's, it was a drop catch, you see their head drop in disappointment or the kind of the fist pump celebration when, when it's taken a catch, but you don't see the actual event happen. It's, I always think they should broadcast all cricket like that. It's kind of almost entertaining to, to <laughs> view it in such an isolated form. With those counter cricket highlights, you at least do, you sometimes have some form of commentary. 
or some like some sort of a uh, narrative going on. Whereas this is just completely silent, and it is slightly weird to watch because there's absolutely no commentary. The, the chap that does that does that commentary he, uh, for Surrey, um, I think this was more kind of April, so early lockdown. Uh, he obviously had nothing to do and nothing to commentate on, so he 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 did he staged a, like a test series against on Twitter against like garden furniture. But it was it was truly the most bonkers thing ever. And you had people you had like people tuning in and calling for like the garden bench to be dropped. (laughs) (laughs) It it was utterly bonkers. I'll 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 see if I can get get a link up for it um after this. But it's so get us a link, we can share it on the page. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's also like delightfully ambiguous as well, having it from from like that just that one angle. So I I don't know if you saw it, but James Bracey was stuck on 49 for ages and then he sort of Tries, tries to take on mid-on or mid-off or whatever. And I, I, I think he was out, but then you can't really tell just because you, you, you've got it from that, from that head-on view. I was actually quite surprised at the time watching that. I was like, why aren't they reviewing it? Why isn't it going upstairs? <laughs> and then I realised. <laughs> um, well, anyway, though, let's, let's start with that game then, that a warm-up game. I never can't able to make of these three-day games because there's never going to be a result. It's all sort of 200 and something for five declared. It seems to always be, be the scores on each side because kind of give everyone a run out. And it means that no one can really shine or really, unless, you know, I suppose James Brady was 85, but wickets tend to be shared about because everyone gets an even bowl. Everyone gets a, a kind of a, a bit of a bat that, you know, kind of, declare with Pope on 55 so at the end of the game but could have gone on would have been nice to score 100 they feel like slightly bitty games but anyone really stand out for you guys in terms of performance and particularly anyone stick their hand up to say yeah I've got to play come Wednesday I was going to say I feel like because of the lack of time there's not as much time for someone to stick their hand up although I think a couple did but I think there's definitely time for someone to harm their chances and I would say yeah. the person that harmed their chances most well two people but the first one I'd say is Joe Denley because he needed some kind of a score. And I know he got 40-odd in the first innings and he got a dentry, which I've seen on social media, <laughs> which is when he gets 100 balls, which apparently he's done more than any other batsman apart from Labashane since he came into Test cricket, which I find incredible. But he's not really got the runs to back it up to go along with it. But I think Joe Denley harmed himself with his two-ball duck in the second innings because he's got Zach Crawley, Dan Lawrence, breathing down his neck and he needed some runs. Anyone else you think harmed their chances or just Denley? I think um, I think definitely Jack Leach. Um, although he's probably still going to be your your first choice spinner in the squad, his he was he got quite a lot of overs in in both innings, and he didn't really stand up for himself in both cases. He got quite a lot of tap. He was very expensive. He didn't take very many wickets, um, and he sort of looked a bit looked a bit toothless bowling on that pitch. I think pretty much everyone who was facing him found him quite comfortable in this in this sort of warm up match. I mean, he, he was lucky because he, he took a couple of late wickets. So he finished with a three for in the second innings, which at least does the stats a little bit of, you know, massages them nicely. But a three-day game on a on sort of grey skies doesn't really say, let's put all the spinners on and see which one's best. It's definitely a, a match, a, set, a whole, whole way set up really for the seamers. But I, I don't know. I, I wonder if Leach maybe didn't do himself quite as much harm as, as you're suggesting. Um, what, what, what do others reckon? I agree with you, Stoddard, that the whole format of this, you know, three-day test is is just a little bit farcical because it's more there to just get miles and legs and whatever. Um, it's like, I, I, I really don't think you can read into it at all um, because 
none of this is really done at like a proper match intensity. So it means that people just aren't quite switched on. And as you said, like Verdi just, and, and people like that who, who aren't really going to be able to put their hand up and actually make a difference or put themselves forward. Like they, they, it's, it's just, it's pointless for them. They're, they're just there to make up numbers. So yeah, I, I, I'm not sure if you can read into it all that much. I mean, it, very much people got miles and legs, didn't they? Lots of bowlers got through a, a decent number of overs, you know, 10, 12 overs. It's nothing like playing a match against other good quality players. I mean, I think Anderson, for instance, hasn't really played much cricket for a while, but he got, what, 18 overs in the first innings, another six or so in the, in the second innings. You know, that, that, that's invaluable, more valuable than having a, like an actual playing for your place selection game, which I think maybe wouldn't be ideal preparation. I'd say what was more surprising, the fact that they were such great guys, you'd think it was doing a bit more for the seamers, but actually, what, watching quite a bit of it, they never really looked that threatening. It was, it was more just, it was fairly slow. The pitch looked pretty dead, so the run score was never particularly high in terms of run rate, but also the bowlers never looked that dangerous. I don't know, unless I missed the bits where they did. It was just quite... Other than the fact that I really enjoyed watching cricket again, it was quite boring cricket for the majority I don't know, of the but, days. I don't know, Mark Wood and Joffrey Archer just bouncing the crap out of, of people was quite entertaining. Ollie Robinson looked quick as well, not yeah. going to lie. He looked quick. I mean, it's, it's hard to judge on the, the crappy television feed that, you, that we had, but he did look quick. He also took two, two for seven and nine overs in the first innings, which is pretty good going. Oh, one comment I thought, mate, before we dive in to pick our... Our 11, we'll have a discussion of who we'd have starting come Wednesday. I did think the sides were oddly weighted in terms of who was playing for which teams because mm-hmm. one of the teams, I think it was team, uh, team Butler, had a much, much better bowling attack. Wokes, Broad, Archer, Woods, Robinson, plus best Parkinson, Verdi as, as bowlers available. I don't know about you, but I found that to be quite a, a weighted team compared to the other bowling attack was... It's still good, but it's not as strong. Any, any thoughts on that? Or? When you try and work out how they do these teams, like the West Indies team at first looked quite weird. Then you realise they put all the best batters in one team and all the best bowlers in the other team so they could play yeah. each other. And I'm wondering why England did that particular selection. Is it maybe because Anderson's guaranteed his place and the other four aren't? Could that be it? So they're putting them in a kind of direct competition, bowling with each other. Is that maybe it? Possibly, but I, I wonder if, I mean, Archer is always certainly getting picked, isn't he, regardless. And particularly given the West Indies, uh, they're saying they've got this, this real kind of classical West Indies seam attack, which are fast and nasty, that you'd want to have your own premium fast bowler ready, you know, ready to bowl quick. And Archer is, as well as Wood played in South Africa, Archer is definitely England's sort of number one fast bowler. So you feel he was pretty guaranteed as well. Um, I, I, I do wonder if that's it. And I certainly think having Archer and Wood and Robinson indeed bowling at guys who will likely play in the test, so Sibley, Crawley, Bairstow, Stokes, guys you'd expect to get it. Oh, I hope Bairstow doesn't get it. That, is, that, that will infuriate me if he does. He, is not, he, doesn't, he does not deserve to get back in the team yet. Well, go on then. Let's discuss this. Let's not start with Bairstow. Let's start at the top of the order. I'll say straight out, you imagine it's going to be Burns and Sibley. Does anyone think differently? They'd go Crawley instead and drop one of Burns and Sibley? Or would Burns and Sibley be your opening pair? I've got Burns and Sibley. It's got, it's got to be Burns and Sibley. Like, neither of them have given cause to be dropped. Burns <laughs> obviously got injured, but he was doing really well till then. And Sibley came into his own in South Africa. And I know Crawley's looked 
impressive. And he's got this thing about his scores improving every single test. But for me, it's got to be Burns and Sibley. Yeah, sure. And well, of course, Bracey did himself no harm, but you imagine it's, it's effectively relevant. It's good for him. It's not going to harm his chances in the future. But yeah, an 85 in a context like that, he, you wouldn't have him in a conversation at all, would you? I suppose he's put himself into a nearer contention than he was if there's injuries, etc. Um, and and because of the sheer number of tests and the fact that there's coronavirus, etc., I suppose there's always a higher chance. You've, you've, got, you've probably got a better chance as fourth cab off the rank than you would have in a normal scenario. Um, so, yeah, he's definitely helped himself a bit. Yeah, sure. Go on then. So, so number three, three and four, I think that's where there's a lot of debate to be had. So... Denley or Crawley at three, or both of them, three and four, Crawley, Denley. Does Dan Lawrence get selected? Because, of course, Root won't be, won't be playing because of the birth of his first child. That opens up an opportunity for someone to really grab. You feel the middle order starting to get pretty settled with Root, Stokes and Pope at four, five, six. There's an opportunity at three for two players really to go head-to-head for that role, batting three and four. Who would be the two you'd select? Um, let's start with you, Dom. Who, who, who would you have as your three and four Going into going into Wednesday, so I, th- I think I'm going to be slightly unpopular here, but I, th- I think I'd, I'd actually stick with Denley just just because um, he, he eats up balls, and there's there, there a really good um, good graphic that got put out by the Telegraph that that basically showed that the the longer that a team manages to bat, so if if you manage to get into over seventy one to eighty, you are averaging the the, the, the batsmen are averaging forty seven. So basically. That you need someone like Denley at the beginning to be like Trot and just eat up balls to then mean that the lower order or the middle order can actually capitalise. So I, 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 although although he's old, although he's done another Denley by getting what forty eight in in the warm up match, I've, the number of balls that he that he you know he chunks up, I think is is actually still really valuable. I think yeah, I think you're spot on, Dom. Um, I'd go. Not necessarily willingly, but in terms of who I think is going to get picked, um, I, I just think they're going to go with Denley. Test cricket does feel like a long time ago, but he was in that test squad. And he neither disgraced himself nor really set the world alight in that South Africa series. Um, but I, I just think, you know, why... If, if we imagine that, that coronavirus didn't happen, I think he would have been in, in the squad for the next test series, just full stop. So... So yeah, I, yeah, I think they're going to go with Denley as well. And like you said, Dom, he, he chews up deliveries and perhaps makes it easier for the batsman coming in to score runs. I, yeah. I, I agree with this. And also, um, you know who doesn't get enough credit for the role he played in a very good win test series away in India was Nick Compton because he did exactly that. He ate up balls. He wasn't able to go on and get the big, big scores, but he did bat time and you need someone batting time. Hopefully they'll be batting time and scoring lots of runs as well. That's perfect. E.g. Jonathan Trott. But if it's just someone who's batting time and getting 50 every other innings, then that's absolutely fine as well for now. So I, I would go Denley as well. And oh, also, 100%. I'm not quite as impressed by Crawley as everyone else is. I mean, he's got, what, like two or three first-class centuries? I know he looks decent, but I'm still not quite on the hype as much as everyone else is. No, to, to, totally agree. He's, uh, Zach Crawley is only averaging 27. In, to, to be fair, he's, he's only had six innings, but like, he, he really hasn't actually done that well. There's just something they like about him, isn't there? He took a few good catches in South Africa and he got a bit better as it went on in a difficult tour. They just like his character, clearly. Yeah, and he's been highly rated for a long time. Like I'd, I'd heard of him a good sort of 45 years ago when he was playing school cricket, that he was just 
really good and have been earmarked from early on as someone who could go right to the top because of attitude, temperament and ability, natural ability. It's, it's, and it's, it's that kind of sense of you can start picking over his first class record, but he's, he's 22. He, he really is, I'm thinking for a batsman, he's young, got a long, long way to go. There's a good chance he'll be playing test cricket well into the 2030s. I'm not moving him out for future. I just sort of feel like it's okay not to pick him right now. Yeah. He's in and around that team. He'll definitely get games over the next year. Just for me at the moment, he's not knocked the door down enough to get ahead, get in ahead of Denley, who has done all right. That is so Denley, isn't he? He's done all right, but he has. <laughs> well, lest we forget as well, uh, like Zach Crawley, you know, is primarily like an opener. Why would, why would you stick an inexperienced opener uh, in at three? I, I push back on that. So I, I pick both of them, Crawley and Denley, at three and four. Uh, and this is this is why really. So in terms of Crawley, you'd classify him as a top order batsman more than just than purely an opener. And so I think three is no no issue for him. I, I think he'll do fine there. I think he's relatively well suited there. And it's it's something the teams have done in, in the past as players who've opened have also then had have also batted three from time to time. So even Alistair Cook did it at the start of his career, batted batted three occasionally, um, before before obviously cementing his place as an opener. So, and I think Crawley should get a, get a go. I think there's, there's always that exciting potential. If you get someone young and they flourish, then what they can then go on to do over a good and extended period of time. And I think given he's already in there, he's looked, he's looked as Dom said, he's, he hasn't done brilliantly. He's only averaging 27.3, only the 150. But it's only four matches. And I think uh, this summer could be a really good opportunity for him to, to kick on and impress. So I'd love, to, I'd love to see Crawley there at three. And then I'd go deadly at four. And for all the reasons people mentioned, eating up balls, sticks around, gutsy, gritty player often, although also can be very fluent and play some lovely shots. But the other reason why I'd pick him is this is a really inexperienced England team, particularly England batting order, in terms of number of test matches. If you're going with Burns, Sibley, possibly Crawley, Ollie Pope. It's young, mainly, and but also just not very experienced in Test cricket. And granted, neither Burns or Denley have a huge amount of Test cricket experience, but they've played a lot of cricket per se, a lot of county cricket. Denley, in particular, has been around England setups a while back, missed out. I just feel he brings a a life experience and an age factor, which I think is really valuable. And I think so. I think for that reason as well, that's almost. Someone say, oh, well, let's just pick all the young guys, then he's old, he's past it. But actually his age is, I think, a really key uh, no factor of why I pick him because I, I think he just brings a, a balance and a maturity to the side. Otherwise, it's just full of youngsters who maybe think they're slightly better than, than they are. I agree. Just quickly, how are we doing this, Rob? Are we trying to pick a team here? Are we going to be getting Freddie Larkins involved in voting again? Excellent, excellent point. Yes, we will vote on a team, but uh, I'm allowed to veto one of Freddie's votes. That's the rule. So if there's one where he's got a deciding vote on something and I disagree with what he goes with, I have the right to overrule him after he ruined our England 11 of the last 20 years by selecting Matthew Hoggard as a third team. Class player, class player style. I don't think ruined. I think think you're looking for the word completed there, Rob. I think that's the word you're looking for. Um, Anyway, others. Dan Lawrence, I know one avid listener of the podcast, uh, has a family connection to to Dan Lawrence, and so we're very upset to hear that I wouldn't pick him. But would others give him a go? Play Denny? I think he is the person who stuck his hand up and looked really good in that warm-up. I think, for me, it's got to be Dan Lawrence. For me, it's Denley, then Dan Lawrence, and I think the exciting punt is on Dan Lawrence. That's for me, anyway. Would it be a little bit out there to, um, to move Stokes up the order to four instead of Crawley? Just because, because I think he's... 
out of most of you know the 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 regulars in the middle order like he's he's actually shown that he can he can eat up balls as well that he's been a lot more disciplined since like he's he's come back from his um from his little uh, sabbatical so like i i I'd, I'd back him a little bit higher up the order and then it leaves you room for to to get someone like wokes um to be in that all-rounder spot I really like this. I've actually, I was pushing for Stokes to free for quite a long time because I just think he can bat really well there. I think he's got the best technique out of our entire batting lineup against pace. I really do. He's so solid when he, when he, when he is determined to be solid. And I actually think his bowling is going to become less and less regular. It's going to be getting used only for me in the future because of his knee issues. A few overs per game. And I think he needs to become a bit more Jacques Callis. Yeah, I'd say he's on the Jack Callis trajectory yeah. as a as a player. I I think I'm not desperately delighted at him being made captain, and I think then also putting him at four. I just suddenly think you're putting a lot on his shoulders. There's a good opportunity to give someone else a chance to really shine there, and so that'd be the argument for Dan Lawrence right at four. That opportunity to debut as a captain's out route. Let's pick a genuine top order batsman at four and let him see how he goes. But then Stylo, I go Crawley Denley, but but then Stylo, just, just like just just looking at looking at that middle order now, we're, without root, like we're we're really exposed. Like there's it's it's pretty weak. I'm not gonna lie. Like I've, I I think the the reason why you need Stokes like coming in at four is just otherwise you've had, having Denley, who's who's probably not gonna score that many runs. Like I, I I think it needs bolstering a little bit. Yeah, potentially, but I also think that. We, it'll be interesting to see how we look on these kind of sides in hindsight. So, yeah. remember, to so the start of the 2005 Ashes, people were looking at England's four and five, Ian Bell and Kevin Peterson. And like that, that's really weak. That's a real weak spot for England. Two unproven, unknown players. Peterson's very talented, but will he be able to cut the mustard? Bell, lovely technique, but is he up for it? You look back at that team and think, wow, Ian Bell, Kevin Peterson, what a great middle order. So, perhaps... We don't know it yet, but some of these guys who haven't been picked, Dan Lawrence, Zach Crawley, he's only played a couple of games, will look back and think, oh, England, oh, start the 2020s, England had a good bit of order, look at some of those players. Because we can then look back and see test hundreds, great series victories, thousands of runs. I'm playing devil's advocate, perhaps, but I, but I, I yeah, I, I wonder if I'll, we can have a little bit more faith in some of the players we've produced. This middle order came with Roots, obviously a massive loss because he's world-class by any definition. I think Dan Lawrence is such an exciting prospect. I really, want to, I really wanted to be picked. He's also the wristiest batter in the entire of cricket, which I think is really fun to watch. That is how Dan Lawrence got out, though, in the, in the, uh, the first innings. Is that when, the, when Jimmy Anderson took the new ball, he tried to, to flick a ball from off stump across onto the leg side and he just gave mid-wicket catching practice. So I think it might, be, it, might not necess- it might be his strength and his weakness at the same time, similar to a lot of other players whose sort of best facet has also been their weakness. But he's also he's also a bit of a a bit of a left field selection. When you say we said that Crawley's only played four matches, and I think obviously coronavirus has thrown everything into into disarray. But I think he probably, especially in the absence of Root, would have been playing in this series if even without the coronavirus. So I think it might be a bit unfair to to axe Crawley after so few games when when you consider that he probably would have been playing, all things considered. No, I'm not sure if he would have been because I think Sibley and Burns would have had their spots, and I think you've got. I think Denley probably still would have just about edged ahead of Crawley, in terms of seniority, in terms of experience, all the stuff we've talked about. And you've got Root at four. I'm, I think Crawley still would have been in the position he was in in South Africa, 
where he played because of injury and he would have been kind of first cab off the rank if not for Corona. Let's, let's make a decision then. So we've got our openers. We didn't need to vote on that. So we're, going, we're voting on three and four. So let's do three first. Okay, fine. He, I'm, so I'm saying I'm saying I'll have Zach Crawley. Others, Dom? Benley. Bozza? Crawley. Larkins? Benley. Oh, killers of the deciding vote. Two each on Crawley and Denley. Who are you going with, Michael? I can't wait to see another dentry. Yes. Wow. So I, that means I've been outvoted, I think, every time on this podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what's, what's the most absurd about this? Is I, I probably hold more mainstream opinions on all of these things in terms of... I reckon if you ask the cricketing public at large, I reckon more would go Crawley than Denley in that position. What, what is hilarious is that Rob at some point is going to get sick of losing votes and he's going to have a podcast where I'm not even invited and he's just going to run he's just going to run it in absolute delight saying this person's in this team this person's in this team the Rob style the Rob Stallman monologue yeah like those American like those American kind of talk show hosts and that kind of thing they have those when they speak to camera we get this podcast like um, Ben Shapiro I know he does it at the start of his podcast goes on like a 15 minute rant about some topic with no pushback on anything that he's he's suggesting maybe i should have a show like that about cricket where i just tell people what should happen and using classical rhetoric to put forward persuasive arguments and leave them unchallenged maybe that's maybe that's the future for here for six who knows should we do number four yeah number four then so now that denley's already been selected i'm having to move my vote and i'm going to say i'm revoting dan lawrence nice well you might win this one i'm going to say dan lawrence as well okay Oh, it's got to be Stokes for me. Downright, there's just not enough experience in, in, in that middle order. I'm sorry. Bozza? Uh, I'm going to say Dan Lawrence only because I feel like if we promoted Stokes up the order, that, that leaves a gap in, in the engine room. And I'd much rather see Dan Lawrence play than Johnny Bairstow come back into the team, for example. Very quickly before you vote, Larkins, can I just say that if we have Stokes at four, it means we might have Folks and we might have Wokes as well. Stokes, Wokes and Folks. But wait, hold on. Hasn't it already been settled? I think it's free to Dan Lawrence. It has, already, know, yeah, it has already been settled. As long as we should, we, like for dramatic effect, we should actually submit our team beforehand and then Rob can choose people. <laughs> in no, there's too, much, there's too much potential for fixing there. Like we have to do it live <laughs> to stop Rob just fixing all the scores. <laughs> Well, for what it's worth, I'm going with Stokes as well. Um, oh, my is... word. Thank goodness he didn't get a vote earlier because then Bozzo would have done a last-minute flip-flop and <laughs> well, we'd be left without either Dan Lawrence or Zach Crawley. And to not pick either of them would be, I think, unconscionable. So... Uh, oh, that is funny. I think, Rob, maybe you should go last next time to give yourself <laughs> a chance to win no matter what. <laughs> yeah, indeed. I, I, the last thing I'd like to say on Dan Lawrence is just looking at his recent matches, which, of course, there's a big gap between the start of March and July. But in February, he got 190 and 125 uh, against the Cricket Australia 11 and Australia A on the England Lions Tour. Down there also got 52 in the last game against the New South Wales 11. So he changed his trigger movement towards the end of the county season because he was having a terrible run form. And he basically made it a lot less pronounced. And then since then, he has been churning out runs. I do think he's in really good form. He's ready to do this. And I think that's the key thing with... Picking young players, players with potential, you want to throw them in when they're already confident and ready to ready to fly and, and hit the ground running, rather than someone who's good, but then they get their opportunity when they're suddenly out of form, which 
has been done in the past and I find very curious as to why, why someone would do that. But I'm pleased that Dan Lawrence has been selected. I think that's great news. Obviously, I would have actually, if I was sole selector, Crawley Denley, but we've got Denley Lawrence instead, which I would be happy with if England, England picks for, for Wednesday. Middle order then. Stokes of five would imagine all round are fine. We all agreed on that? Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Lovely stuff. Six then. Well, let's bring in the wicketkeeper discussion because they're probably in about six or possibly seven. Bairstow, Butler or Folks? I think I know which way this is going to go given the people on this podcast. But go on, Michael. Who, who would you have as your wicketkeeper for this game? I, I, God, I just feel like I'm boring because I always go on about it, but I just want folks in my test team. I want the he's best. so good looking. I, well, he's absolutely stunning, although he also needs a haircut, and it was infuriating watching him have to deal with his hair every time he took his helmet on and off during that three-day warm-up. But he's stunning. He's the best wicketkeeper in the country, and I want the best wicketkeeper in the country in my test team. And his batting is the most suited to test cricket as a, as a wicketkeeper. He's got great temperament. And he may have had a bad season of county last year, but that's probably because he was absolutely stunned that he got dropped. So, yeah, for me, it's got to be Ben Folks. Although I wouldn't have him at six. I'd have him at seven. Others? Is everyone on the Ben Folks bandwagon? Yeah, he, he averages 41, mate. Like he's, he, he's got to be in there. And in the warm-up, he also, you know, as Michael said, he's, he's got the temperament. He, he, he takes his time. I, surely it's got to be him. And, and I think Butler as well is just is a bit of a luxury that we can't afford at the moment because our our batting lineup just isn't strong enough. Like he's he's there to come in at the end when we're when we're on top of the team to really put the nail in the coffin. But we, we just haven't done that recently. So is Ollie Pope not getting a, a kind of a look yeah? Ollie Pope's got to be six. What's that? that that's, yeah, that's why. Well, that's why I was kind of a big fan of Stokes at four because it gives it leaves room then for 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 Pope at five or six because um, obviously when he made his debut he was. He was selected to bat at four in it against India and didn't do too well and was chucked in the deep end. He'd never batted, he'd never batted four for Surrey, let alone for England. Um, so is, is, are, we, are we saying Pope's not getting a look in here then? Oh, no, no, no. Pope, sorry, Pope plays. I think that's why I skipped the wicketkeeper because I was looking for the next, the sort of next debate to have, which would be that wicketkeeper slots, who I imagine now, given that, would, would bat seven. So for me, it would certainly be Stokes. Pope, Pope, Pope is there. Uh, a guaranteed selection, uh, given how he, he played over the winter. and yeah. I've jumped the gun here a bit then. Sorry, yeah, let's go. Let's, no, 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 it's fine. Thank you, because I somehow temporarily raised him from my mind. But no, Pope is definitely in. He's yeah. just class. He's so good. If and, he gets managed right, he should score so many runs. <laughs> yeah, and Kevin Peterson made an interesting point when you're looking, because Kevin Peterson's view of counter cricket is that it's substandard quite significantly compared to international cricket. And so he thinks England should be really looking for players, not who do okay, like Burns or Denley, average 40s, score 100s, but who dominate, who average 60 plus, 70 at times, score 100 after 100, which Pope has done. His- I actually think Burns did that for a season as well. Burns really had to dominate to get into the team because they didn't like him. They didn't like his technique or whatever, but Burns got ignored for a few seasons of doing all right, and then he had a couple of seasons of really dominating. Yeah, say. no, that, that is fair. And, but I think that's an interesting thing about Pope. If you compare him to Crawley and Dan Lawrence, who's done really well, look good. Pope looks like next level, good, different gravy. And, and the way some of the like, prominent international cricketers, ex-pros from other countries have spoken about him, having seen him bat, is really telling. They think he's a, re- a true, general player. It's really so, exciting. Yeah, very exciting. Stokes and Pope then, five and six. Wicketkeeper, 
Kinnison and Donwood, you're Ben Folk's advocates. Um, Bozza? So I, I came here very prepared to argue the case for Joss Butler, but I think I've been swayed a little bit by the fact that, particularly what Dom said about the fact that we've got quite a weak top order, so we probably need a bit more stability in the wicket-keeping position because I, I just love Joss Butler as a cricketer and I know he hasn't quite done it on the test match level yet, um, you know, looking at his looking at his stats, but I, I am really fond of him as a cricketer. I love watching him bat. He put bums on seats, not that that's an issue at the moment. But I think I have been swayed into the folks camp just just based on that argument that we probably need a bit more stability. And I think folks will bring that. Rob, you can come in off the long run and try and save Butler here. So I know you love Butler. <laughs> I, I do love him. And I think that, I firstly, I'm pushing this, we've got to have more faith in our top order. They're, they're excellent players. No reason why we can't, we can't do very well and have Butler there to finish it off. I also, I also think, I will tell you now, they'll pick Butler. Butler will be the wicketkeeper. Um, he's vice captain. He was very nearly, very nearly opted for him to be captain ahead of Stokes for this test. He's going to play. He is going to play. And, and I have no qualms with that. I think he's the single most gifted, like naturally gifted batsman England have produced in my lifetime in terms of pure hand-eye coordination and skill. And of course, sadly, that has been pretty much solely reflected in his one-day cricket and not really in his test cricket. But I think when he's batting down at seven, he's a very good wicketkeeper, experienced player, top quality player. I've, uh, I was a big folks man like Michael, but I'm, he's, unlike Michael, he's, how poor he was last year for Surrey spooked me a bit. And I decided I am leaning back towards Butler with a former temporary classes permanent mindset. I wonder if folks had a temporary glut in really good form, but his class isn't of the same level. So I'm, I'm picking Butler, but I'm happy to lose it because I do really like folks. And if he played, I really hope he'd succeed and do well because whoever plays at Wikipedia for England, I want them to really do well, score runs, nail that slot down. Because frankly, I think it's a distracting debate for English cricket. Best think- Butler folks. And I want one of them to really grab the opportunity with both hands and run with it. But I would still go mm. Butler personally. I do think that's, I mean, I think it's a fair argument that form is temporary class permanent for Josh Butler because he has class and abundance he is unbelievably talented but I also feel like actually the argument goes the same way for folks form is temporary he had a bad he had a bad season class is permanent he's had good seasons before several good seasons before so actually I think folks has class I think folks is if he if he didn't have Josh Butler ahead of him who was a bit of a freak in terms of talent then folks would be so far and away the obvious choice um, and can we all just quickly agree that Johnny Bairstow should never will he keep for England again unless but Butler folks any other keepers are injured and he has to do it because i'm just i can't stand him whining about not having the gloves anymore i i don't agree with that michael i i he'd be my third choice as england wicketkeeper uh, but i but i think he's he has improved as a wicketkeeper he's perfectly good and if he comes back on the test team scores lots of runs butler continues to struggle there's no reason why you wouldn't give bearstow the gloves and then pick another batsman he should be in as a batsman. He shouldn't be in as a keeper. Yeah, he's improved his keeping. No, no, he's that's, that's what I'm saying. But here's the scenario where it might happen. Bairstow gets picked as a batsman, starts going runs, lots of runs. Butler continues to struggle. You drop Butler. Do you bring in Folks, another OK batsman, wicketkeeper? Or do you give the gloves to Bairstow, who's a perfectly good wicketkeeper, and bring in another batsman to bolster a potentially fragile struggling batting lineup? That's oh, the scenario in which I see him getting the gloves back, and I think that's completely fair enough. No, for me, that's an obvious choice as well, because if he's finally making runs like he should and using, you know, actually making the most of his potential, then I wouldn't give him the gloves again because it's finally working him as a batsman. 
at, at the moment he's got some some technical flaws to iron out uh, at test level you know the the proportion of dismissals he gets bowled is just is just double that of any other batsman of sort of equivalent talent and averages so he's he's clearly got some working in the nets to do before he is probably going to end up start scoring runs again and i, I don't know at what point he's going to come back into the test team ready to start scoring runs again It'd be interesting to see what he prioritises going forward because, well, 2020 World Cup, I don't know if it has been officially delayed, but almost certainly will do. Do you feel that's a real priority for a lot of the England players involved in the limited overs setup? The opportunity to win a double, really close together World Cup and World T20, particularly after what happened in the last World T20 final. I feel that's a really strong motivation for a lot of them. And I feel that will remain his, his focus. He wants to be in that team, scoring runs there. And whether once that's done, whether we win it or not, hopefully we do, He'll then look to turn his attention back to longer forms of cricket and really nailing down that, or whether he'll then be happy to live on as a England, one of England's star one-day players and let the Test cricket go. I think he's too ambitious, and he should be too ambitious for that. So I, it may be that he, he really works hard in his batting in time for next summer, 2021, and will push hard to get back in the team, which... It would be good to see because I think he, he's definitely good enough to be in, be in this side. It's just... He definitely is as a batsman. I want him to succeed as a batsman. I just don't think it's going to happen if he continues to try and be the keeper. That's my, that's my thought on it. No, it's, it's fair. Well, we're happy then. We're going, we're going to vote, I think. That was the, the end of the... Well, no, we didn't vote, actually. Everyone said they wanted vote. But maybe my argument for Butler, I remind you all, the listeners again, experience, class... He's, he's vice captain, important leadership role within the team. Folks hasn't played Test cricket for a while. His only hun- his kind of best performances is 100 were against an incredibly substandard Sri Lankan sides. Wait, wait, Stylo, Stylo. I'm, I'm sorry, I, I'm gonna have to. I, I've been biting my tongue a little bit, but like, but Butler only what averages 31 in Tests, and you you've got Wokes who is just like averaging 41. And then you, you say that he's not classed uh, because he had like a little bit of a wobble for, uh, for in the county championship last year. But if, if, you, if you had a really, really good winter averaging 41 and then you suddenly get dropped from the England team, do you think you're going to stay super motivated to then kick on and keep going? Like, I, I, I think, I, I think Wokes is, is genuinely classed and Butler's also first class average for batting is only 32 as well. I, I just don't think he's delivered with tests. Which I ben Folks has scored well. nine centuries in first-class cricket, by the way, which yeah. is a good total. Butler's only scored six. He's only twenty-seven. Yeah. How old's Butler? Uh, Butler is 29. twenty-nine and three hundred days. So he's approaching thirty. Oh, big three-zero. That's always a bit of a, a bit of an early midlife crisis, isn't it? When you hit thirty. I think we've already seen that with his um, Pilates videos of his wife and him <laughs> in batting gear. That was good. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, as I, I, I still think I stand by everything that, the, in terms of fakes, his hundred was against a massively substandard Sri Lankan side, and he did, he did finally did pretty well. But I don't think, oh, he got dropped and therefore was demoralised an excuse for not performing well. The best players get dropped, come back stronger. Which maybe it's not an excuse. Oh, I just wouldn't rule him out based on that one bad season. Yeah. Oh, neither would I. I'm not ruling him out. He's my second choice wicketkeeper, and possibly uh, in. In, in time, first class, you know, it's not much between him and Butler, but I'm saying it, I'm, I'm arguing, I'm trying to accentuate his faults deliberately because I want Josh Butler to get picked ahead of him. Right, should we go for the vote? I know he's not going to, so I'm going to get out voted again, but I will vote last. Freddie, you go first. 
I'm absolutely going Butler. There's no way. Why would they ever pick him to captain a uh, captain the side uh, in this in this warm up game with him not then we're not, we're not voting what we think is going to happen, Freddie. Oh, we're I, voting well, what we want to happen. Well, no, I, I, I of course I want to see it. Like clearly, clearly that he's seen as someone that possesses immense leadership qualities, and Fine hasn't made the runs that he should have yet in Test cricket. But I, I. I'd of course have him. I'd have him in there. He's Thank played 41 there. matches, Larko. Like, w- 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 and he's coming up on 30. When are people going to realise that it's not going to happen for him? I, th- I think I- I'm with Rob on this one. Um, oh, referee, vice captain, clearly a well-respected figure in the dressing room, and is capable of making runs. Um, plus the fact, realistically, he's been picked as yeah. I I just think I- I'm in the Butler camp. There you go, Rob. Uh, am, I in your, am I in your good books yet? Well, we'll see. I'm now having a bit of a crisis of confidence whether I've made the right decision. <laughs> you find yourself on the right debate, the right, right, same side of the debate as Donald Trump. You start having to quickly go over everything and make sure you definitely agree with him. I find I'm in, I'm in that kind of position here, Freddie, where, uh, yeah, you've, you've rocked me a little bit, the fact that you agree. But I'm pleased that you do. I, I will stick with Butler. Dom is clearly with Ben, ben Folks, as, as is Michael, I presume, Michael. Oh, you know what? I actually almost wobbled there because I just had started thinking about the fact that it is an inexperienced team and that Stokes, I also wouldn't have made Stokes captain because I think it's like asking too much of him. And so I'm suddenly worried that if you take Butler out of the team and Stokes has got none of his left tenants around him, he would actually potentially struggle. So then I almost wobbled towards Butler, but then I remembered that form is temporary and class is permanent. So I'm going to go with Ben Folks. I was hopeful that. Go on, Bozzer, what do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm thinking that maybe I'm underestimating the role of the vice captain, but I don't necessarily think that the Butler's leadership qualities should be much of a much of a say in the selection argument. So I think I'm probably going to go with with the superior gloveman and the one who's who's got more runs in Test cricket more recently. I think Butler's had a long run in Test cricket, and as as much of a class act as he is, I just think that I think that Folks is the better choice to to score runs and keep wickets. So I'm going to go for Folks. Yes, Bozzer, Ch- checks in the post, mate. Well, the wonderful thing is that I think they will pick Butler. And so when he scores a glittering double hundred in this upcoming test match, I will be able to have the last laugh on this one. But sadly, I will go Butler. But Folks wins by three votes to two. So Folks at seven. Quick run through again to remind us of where we are. We've got Burns and Sibley, Denley, Dan Lawrence, Ben Stokes, Ollie Pope and Ben Folks. Well, that is a young team. Oh, no. I, th- I think Lawrence is a mistake, chaps. Like he's, we're, we're basically picking this guy on a pretty Mickey Mouse warm-up match, and he's sort of done all right in. Well, not wrong on that. No, he's he's, he's done very well in first-class cricket. And if you're talking Wait. about he, 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 he tried to pull out the Ben Folks of nine first uh, nine first-class hundreds, and actually he's a good player at the age of 27. While Dan Lawrence has 10 at the age of 22. Uh, he's. He's literally in his most recent cricket. We're talking this calendar year when there hasn't been much cricket. He's got back-to-back hundreds, including a massive 190 against Australia. He is earmarked as one of, if not England's, the best batsman in county cricket over, in terms of potential to play in the middle order for England over the next few years. I think you're, um, to argue all those things with Ben Folks based on a, a not bad county career and then dismiss Dan Lawrence with similar stats at a far younger age seems harsh. I've actually just thought of a better argument for Ben Folks as well. You, in, in judging on that warm-up game, 
Um, chances maybe at a premium if the pitch is a bit dead. I mean, I don't know how the, how actually in the test series, but you want your best wicket keeper to take every single chance, and Ben Folks is yeah. the best wicket keeper. I also really don't want to see Stokes at four. I know, and I absolutely agree that he's the the technically best player in the side. He's also probably the technically best player of spin in the side. He probably competes for Joe Root when he's back with that title. But I just think, and I, I he's one of the very few stats that I don't have up. But I doubt that Stokes is track record at three and four is as good as his track record at five and six because he is such a power player as well. He scores runs quickly. So I think the lower down we can justify Stokes in the order at five or six, I think is a much better place for him to be. All right. So we've done, we've, we've voted all the way to the keepers and that's the seamers and the potential spinner. Yeah. What do we reckon then? Who are, I mean, Anderson presumably plays. And I mean, for me, I'll, I think we go, we should push and make a pitch for bowling attack. Like, I think it's a bit of balance here. So we'll, we should probably put forward who we'd have as our, our balanced bowling attack. For me, Broad, Anderson, Woods, Archer would be, yes. exciting. Would be exciting. Yes, exactly, Rob. Exactly, we're agreeing. But, but little question, do, do, do you think with, with Anderson and Broad being quite old now, do, do you think that you can have them both in the same team? Because like, we, we, we want them to keep playing for as long as possible. I, I think it's a risk playing both of them in the same team and also having Joffre and Wood in the same team as well. Like, you, you, you probably want to manage your quicks a little bit better, like Australia do. I think they'll manage them over the course of the series, but they've made very clear for the first test they want to pick their strongest lineup, and okay. then I think they'll manage them. So I think there'll be rotation after that. But I think for this first test, they're going to pick their absolute gun attack. And yeah. I agree with Rob. I think that could be really exciting. You've got Broad and Anderson dismissed as quite old by Dom, which I think maybe they take offence to. But um, they, I think they're still class, um, especially at home. Hopefully Anderson will tear it up. And then I just think Joffre and Mark Wood bowling in tandem is so exciting. But no spinner, that's the problem. Um, no, like, I honestly think Root can do a perfectly good job, but yeah. playing. And so you don't have that. I think holding an end, having a spinner. Dan Lawrence. Dan well, Lawrence was decent off breaks. No, I mean, I'm having a look at his stats. He's taken nine wickets, an average of 41 in, in uh, first-class cricket. So I'm not holding my breath for him. That's I love, I love the, the selection committee has thrust Dan Lawrence <laughs> into the position of England's <laughs> premier spinner. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what happens when you give Kinnison any responsibility over these, these sides. Look, you've got to go bold. He's trying to have Paul Collingwood as our wicketkeeper for the best England team. <laughs> <laughs> what world? Because we didn't like Matt Pryor. <laughs> um, I'd, that's my reservation. I think I'd still go for Spinner. I think I would still play Leach. And oh, then, not Don Bess? Oh, yeah, I'll Don Bess. I, I like Bess. I mean, he's young. Yeah. I'm, I'm torn, but I, I wouldn't... But then neither, it's just that frustration where you've got to play a Spinner, but neither of them as good as any of the seamers. See what the weather's like, surely. If it suddenly gets sunny, then maybe you go for the Spinner. But if it stays cloudy like this, like... Though that warm-up game, the conditions for spinners were dreadful. I mean, literally every single ball, you could see them like putting their hands in the pockets trying to warm up. Like, I just think, play it on the conditions, maybe. Yeah, and I wonder if I did that, I'd play it. If it was really cloudy, I'd play Wokes. Mm. I think he's a great bowler, when, when, particularly on the cloud cover. I mean, the way he, I know it was Ireland, but the way he just ripped through them last summer, went after that warm-up game and started, came horribly wrong when England got bowled out for very little on day one. When we skittled Ireland for, I mean, honestly, they hardly got double figures. Wokes bowled fantastically. 
I think he'll cause some of the West Indian batsmen real, real problems if the ball's swinging. Yeah. Um, I know you say also with Broaden Anderson. But I'd, and, he I'd, adds, and he adds batting. He adds yeah, batting. yeah, he does. So I'd be very tempted if it was more cloudy to go with a wave. So I think maybe sunnier. I'm, I'm literally, for me, it's toss a coin between Leach and Bass. Would others go, let's, maybe that's a debate to settle first then. Spinners, would we, would we have a spinner? Are we emotionally saying we would play a spinner? Wouldn't Michael saying based on the conditions? Let's presume it will be middling to fair. A few clouds in the sky, blue sky, not baking hot. What are, what are people going with? I, I think I'm, I'm not a fan of weather-based selections in general because I think that it just, it just leads, it, it opens you up to, you know, it being very cloudy and grey at, at 10.30 on, a, on, on the first day and then within an hour, glorious sort of blue skies appear out of nowhere and then all of a sudden you've, you've opted for your swing bowlers, Mark Wood's on the bench, Jack Leach is on the bench, you haven't picked a spinner and then you've got egg on your face. So I think I, I'm a fan of picking your best bowling attack and I think you you definitely have to have a spinner. I think there's so many times you don't pick a spinner, you pick four or five seamers and you, you're desperate for someone to hold an end. And having having slated Jack Leach at the start of the, at the, start of the podcast <laughs> for, for getting tapped in the warm-up match, I think he is, he is our best controlling option as a spinner. So I'm probably going to go for Leach. I'm not sure if he, if he is the best controlling option because like Don Bess's economy in South Africa was actually really good. He, I, I think he was, he was only going for like two and over. Um, so I, and yeah, I've, as much as I love Leach from that Headingley moment, I, I think Bess has got so much more potential. I, I, similar to Rob, I think he's just got such a good attitude. Like he, you can tell he, he loves a scrap and like he wants to get into, into, into batsmen. Yeah, I'm I'm big uh, big advocate for Don Bess. Um, lest we forget, he got a fiver in the in the final test in in, in, in Port Elizabeth in, in South Africa. Won won um, England innings and and you know he's getting up top order batsmen as well, the likes of Elgar. I uh, mean, baffling dismissals because the ball wasn't spinning, wasn't doing anything. I've yeah. just gone to check the weather on Rob's beloved Met Office. I believe Rob was the one who introduced me to it, and it is oh, bang on. It's so uh, much better than the BBC weather, I tell you. It is class, um, but the weather for Hedge End, Hampshire, which is nearest you can get to the Rose Bowl, cloudy Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, little bit of sun, but essentially similar weather to what we've been having for a, a while now. I go on. Let's do. I, I completely agree with Bozza about weather-based selections. Yeah. I think they are can very quickly go wrong if the weather turns, particularly in England, where the weather will turn quite quickly. And I'm also think that you want to look you're looking to select a side that's pretty balanced and similar to then be successful in many different places i think lots of shopping and changing on selections depending on whether the humidity is above a certain level or the wind the prevailing wind direction to change due to change at 2 p.m on day two so we're going to pick this bowler doesn't i don't i think unsettles the side and doesn't work but nonetheless i'm going to do completely fly on the face of all that i've just said and i reckon four seamers <laughs> right, so look, one, one last thing. If we're picking a sp- if we are picking a spinner, um, is, does Moeen not come into discussion at all? No, I, I, I love Moeen. I think he's great. I think his record for England over a long period of time is far better than people give him credit for. But I think he's got to play more and do better. The kind of the loss of mojo and confidence he had is really good to the right thing. Taking a break. But I don't think that the moment he's back thrusting him in, I don't think it sends a fair message to Bessel Leach, who both done very well in his absence. And I wouldn't be confident he'd be ready. So I really I think Mo Nally has a future playing through in Test cricket, I really do. But not not right now. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Just interestingly, Sean Merriman, an avid listener of the pod, 
He hasn't tweeted him because we don't offer that sort of service yet. But he has just randomly tweeted two hours ago his England test team. Is anyone interested in hearing it? Um, yes, I had a look at it before, but do, do share, Michael. So Burns, Sibley, we're right on there. Crawley, sorry, gents. Dan Lawrence, Stokes, captain. Pope, Folks, Archer, Broad, Leach, Anderson. So he has um, not gone for Wood and he has taken Leach. And, no, no, and then he has also dropped Butler, which is interesting. Um, I think from, for what it's worth, I think I just want to be a bit rogue and renegade. And also, I just really am excited about watching Wood and Archer together. And I just can't drop Broad or Jimmy. So, for me, it's four-seam attack as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same. I think Wokes is really unlucky to miss out. Uh, I think if he, if he did come in, it would be for one of Anderson or Broad, probably Broad. Um, I think Wokes is a great option in England. But I, I'm going to say the same, Michael. We're in agreement with this. I, I always think he's have a spinner. I think a team that spinner is... And on balance side, I think over five days, you massively regret it. And so I know I regret saying this, but I'm saying Sorry to butt in, but for, for, the, um, for, for the fourth test in South Africa, like at, at Joburg, like did, I, I don't think we had a uh, spinner in that test, did we? No, no, we didn't. So like, I disagree with it, but like, there, there, is, there is some precedent for just having an all-out seam attack. Oh, yeah, cool. I mean, the West Indies dominated world cricket for a decade. I was going to say, the great West Indies teams didn't have spinners. Not the great West Indies team chaps. Um, no, they're, they're not. Although I think they're, they're good. Where, where would this West Indies team have a big advantage over England? It is actually spin bowling. They have, they have a more, the option of more flexibility with two. Well, this is what Murray needs to offer, being a spinner who could bat. But Roston Chase is a fantastic cricketer. And Rakeem Cornwall, although he's kind of, everyone likes poking fun at him because he's, very overweight and a very big bowling, man. Bowling average is amazing. He's a brilliant cricketer. And I watched him play against India last summer and I was, oh, I was impressed. He's, they're, they're, they're really strong there. And this is a, we'll come on to West Indies in a bit. I'd love to spend a little bit of time talking about them towards the end of this, this show because I think underestimate them at your peril. Um, but going back to the four-seamer thing, they Dom, you're right. I mean, England, it's literally in our last test match, performed really well with four-seamers. Uh, and yeah, West Indies over a, over a decade in the 80s, early 90s, basically played with only four seamers. So it's doable, and Anderson, Broad, Wood, Archer is a very, very good seam attack. So I do feel, you know, it's not like we're picking a, a seam attack made up of Matthew Hoggards, four Matthew Hoggards. We've got a much, a much <laughs> more potent attack than that. Let it go, Rob. Just let it go, man. Yeah, you're right, you're right. All right, so should we, should we, should we, should we do a vote? Yeah, go on. As in, this be a bit more. I think everyone says they're four bowlers, and the four bowlers with the most votes. Yeah, it's going to need you need some counting up. Michael, uh, you go first. No, I don't like going first. Well, we know who you're going to pick, so go first anyway. Ah, oh, fine. I like very surprising at the end. Um, <laughs> Wood, Archer, Broad, Anderson. Yeah, and I'm the same. In that batting lineup, by the way, in that order, I'm really excited to watch Mark Wood absolutely tonk it like he did South Africa. He's he's an all rounder now. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. I think, we, I think what we really have to do is basically count the votes for Wood versus the votes for Bess, because I think that's the debate here. Is it not? Um, we, we all agree that Archer, uh, Broad and Anderson are getting in, unless Don wants to split up. Yeah, I'm, uh, I, I, I'm splitting up Anderson and Broad. I, oh, I, I okay, want them to, right. to play for as long as possible, I'm afraid. Okay. Well, I'm going, I'm going yeah, Anderson, Broad, Archer, Bess. Nice. Uh, go on, Bozza, then. Yeah, I mean, I'm an... I'm an avid member of the Spinners Union, so I, I really don't believe in playing a test match without a spinner. So I've gone Anderson, Broad, Leach and Archer. 
Nice. And I like that. By doing that, of course, you've basically guaranteed that neither Leaf or Best will play because you've split the spinners. <laughs> you idiot! You've divided us from in from inside. So go on, Dom. Finish it off. Who do you get? Freddie, just quickly, you cannot criticise anyone's judgment on voting. You just can't. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I bring Hoggard out of retirement and have him playing in this first. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. So, so yeah, I, 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 I'm going with Bess. I, I, I think you've still got to have an eye on the future. Like, but, but Bess, I think, could, could be like a seriously good spinner. And so it's, you, you've got to pick him in, in times like these where the pitch might not do, do much and it's, it, it, it'll, it'll help him a lot with, in his career how to, how to bowl when the pitch isn't being particularly helpful. Then you've got Wood, Joff and Anderson. Ozzy, you've got the chance here to... I mean, is it a tie break? Is that right? Yeah, right? It's, it's not because... By Don Wood voting for Mark Wood, Mark Wood got a third vote. So Mark Wood got over three times to Bess only twice, Leach only once. I love how Dom Dom has Dom has voted like you know specifically picked a spinner and in doing so has successfully secured a four man face attack with no spinner. I just love that two out of five people voted for a four man seam attack and we won. It's amazing. Yeah, it's brilliant. You won the, you, yeah, you won the electoral colleges, but not yes, the popular yeah. vote. Cheers, Trump. Exactly. Yeah, all the it's even better. Our constituency base voting system, which I which I do think has a lot of merits, but I did enjoy that Stephen Hammond, MP for Wimbledon, which was my former constituency, took home a, a, a whopping 31% of the votes to secure his place in Parliament, which, as ever with democracy, you kind of, often it's the, the most popular, but with, well, they're not popular at all because over half the people don't, don't want them or like them that wins. And sometimes that works in your favour, doesn't it, Michael? So it I was is... going to say, unlike the DDO election of 2017, where I believe I, I believe uh, the winning candidate won well over 50% of the vote. The less said about that, the better. I'm still bitter that Khan for education didn't bring home the bacon <laughs> in that one. But anyway, it was, there's our team. It's controversial it's a team that none of us will be happy with but that's as often as we know how democracy works it's Burns, Sibley, Denley, Dan Lawrence, Stokes, Pope, Folks and then we decided not to go for the Stokes, Folks, Wokes combination by instead having a four-man seam attack of Wood, Broad, Archer, Anderson. How has that happened that's amazing. I I don't know it's a good team it's an exciting team Potentially fragile, I'd say. Potentially uh, brittle. Yeah, blows hot and cold. Yeah. I have desperately shot myself in the foot by backing Jack Leach over Don Bess and now regret that immensely. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. That, we'll leave it at that. I will, will not be having a rebate. I can <laughs> so, <laughs> There's our 11 for now. How do we think, let's open up the discussion more broadly. How do you think England are going to get on in this three-match series? Do you think we're going to win it? Of course, it's part of the Test Championship. So every match counts in itself. A 3-0 win would do our chances of making the eventual final no harm at all. Do we um, yeah, do you think England are going to win the series comfortably? If it swings, yeah. If it swings and Anderson can get going, then yeah, I think we will. And I think the main, and also my main, think, my main thinking behind that is while West Indies underestimate at your peril, I think their batting looks a bit fragile, even more fragile than ours. And I think... Um, which was the Bravo brother that stayed home, who's actually one of their best batsmen. Darren, uh, Darren he stayed home, as did, is it Hetmeyer? Yeah, I mean, Hetmeyer hasn't done much in Test cricket thus far, but there's always... He's a good talent. He's a good talent. He would have been in the team. Um, and I just think they're batting, apart from Brathwaite at the top, who I really rate just as an absolute limpet. 
Um, I think he looks fragile and we could go through it quite quickly. I, it's interesting because a lot of these guys were, a very similar thing was said, what, 2017 when they last came to, was it 2018? Yeah. I think last came to England. And they did very, very well. Jermaine Blackwood averaged well over 50. Shy Hope scored that amazing um, big, big 100 in both innings, I believe, at Headingley. Those were his last hundreds, though. Yeah, tr- true. But they came into those series not looking that hot. Maybe, just maybe, they, they quite like playing England and they don't mind playing in England. I, I, lo- I love it when, I, I always love it when West Indies cricket does well. I kind of half root for them even when we're playing them. And um, I absolutely loved Dan and Sammy back in the day. I loved it when he tonked his 100 against us. And I really like Jason Holder. So this is one of those series where I'm actually just really looking forward to watching both sides play. And I hope it's a really good competition. Yeah, uh, j- j- just on the sort of good, good competition, do you think, um, you know, that it could, could be a bit spicy? Joffre Archer, first game he's played against the Windies. Um, you know, he's, he, he, he grew up in Barbados until what, he was 16, 15? So with Joffre, I think he just gets on with it, doesn't he? And like, even when it was getting spicy against Australians, he didn't say that much. He just bowled faster. Um, and I think we could see that. If they give him any stick, I think he'll just bowl even faster at them. Yeah. Yeah, and it will be. And he's very good friends with um, young Shamar Holder, whose record in the recent West Indies, sort of the domestic competition, this, this, I think it's 16 and Caribbean first class competition, was pretty striking. Took 36 wickets and uh, an average of 18 and a bit. He looks good. He looks quick. Kemar Roach, I think, is one of the most underrated bowlers in, in international cricket. Absolutely. I'm a massive Kemar Roach fan. Sorry. They're, they're good. I love Kemar Roach. Yeah, I, just, I mean, I'm a huge fan. I think, as we've mentioned already, Raheem Cornwall and Roston Chase, particularly Raheem Cornwall's an excellent spinner. Roston Chase, a very good second option. They're a good bowling attack. Uh, but as we were seeing at the moment, it seems to be that's a lot of teams. Australia are like that. Uh, we're, we're, yeah, we're very much like that. Much stronger in the bowling and the batting. So my, my, my fear is that there won't be many high scores. Yeah, I, to be honest, though, I'd rather a lot of high 200s mid 300s in you know consistently and they're quite exciting games i much prefer those to run fests which are 500 in the first innings 500 you know what i mean like it could make some very exciting matches definitely and there's no worry about games ending early for ticket loss of ticket revenue <laughs> which is obviously a, a fear previously that, that that's something these don't need to really worry about so much Although perhaps you lose a bit of money if i don't know how the tv rights deals are set up but if test matches keep ending in three days and you lose out on two days of broadcasting, I wonder whether, whether therefore the ECB get financially penalised for that. I, I don't know. Yeah. Quick, quick question. Who, who do you guys think is going to be the top run scorer and top wicket taker for the series? Good question. I'm hoping Joffre for top wicket taker um, and batting, I don't know. Maybe, I, you know what? I'm, it's biased, isn't it? Because I know the England players so much better, so I'm going to say the England players. But I, I think maybe Ben Stokes. Ooh, interesting. Okay. I actually um, put money last summer on Ben Stokes being the top England run score in the Ashes. I got a bit of stick for it from people, from, from housemates, etc. Um, and then he, d- he ended up doing it comfortably, which I was very pleased with. I, I think the top wicket taker will be Kemar Roach overall. I, partly because I wonder if England will rotate their bowlers a little bit, particularly sure they will. if we've won the first two. I'm sure Anderson wouldn't necessarily play in the third, that kind of thing. Uh, so that's probably why he'd come on top. But I do think he's a great bowler and I think he's going to take a lot of wickets. I mean, perhaps one of the other seamers, I mean, Shima Holder looks great, but he's so unproven. I think pretty bold to say he'd be top wicket taker before he's even played. Top run scorer, I, I would go with, 
Mm, I think I think I'm going to say Roy Burns. I think he, I think he'll have another good. I think he's primed and ready to be a top England player. And I think he'll have a good a good series personally. Maybe a bit I, of a left field shout. I don't know. I hope you're right there. I, I, we, we badly need a, a, some successful openers. As I was saying, like if, if you have good openers, then like it's so much easier for for the middle and lower order. Him, him or Pope. Pope would be marvellous shots. I yeah, think. Pope was my call. I think particularly in the lower scoring series, he'll still score runs at six, I would guess. Yeah. Um, so maybe Pope. Bosa, what, what do you reckon? Oh, I was going to say, Burns Burns looked a little bit rusty in, in the warm-up match. I know it's not a great indicator, but his, his dismissal in the first innings was pretty hideous. Very, very wafty drive that just went straight, straight nick behind. Um, so he might have a few cobwebs to shake off, whereas Pope looked pretty on it pretty quickly he looked pretty much in, in good touch as if very little had happened so I, I'm probably going to say Pope What about you Larkins? I think Pope as well I think he's going to be coming in at quite a nice time to bat um, when like the bowlers are into their second or say third spells the openers might have schnicked off by that point um, yeah I'm backing Pope as well top wicket taker I'm a big Shannon Gabriel fan um, he became my cricketing hero when he tried to launch um, Yasser Shah. Why did he do that? <laughs> he, um, so he is my, my cricketing hero. But he's actually, a, if, he's not a very good batsman, um, but he's a, well, I think he's a class bowler, I really do. Um, so I want to see Shannon Gabriel at the top of the uh, wicket-takers list. It'd be really interesting to see if they pick him, whether well, who their team attack is going to be, whether they go with Alzari and Joseph instead, whether they play both of them and... Roach and don't play holder. It's yeah their, their selection whether they go Corn, whether they pick Cornwall and never play Roston Chase many a batsman does he boss or does he their spinner and they go with four proper seamers like we would holder as a fifth seamer like we'd have with Stokes they've got loads of options really as a in terms of the balance of their squad I think it's really really nice it's just as we've already mentioned lack of lack of runs lack of top order runs yeah I agree um, I guess what he does have in his favour is he's quick. Whereas your likes of Alzari Joseph, your Jason Holders are in some like even Kimar Roach these days actually has turned into more of a skillful seamer because he used to be an out and out fast bowler. Um, so quite, quite samey to some extent. Um, so, but, but we'll see, you know, we will see. It's exciting. And the one final thing I wanted to say on the West Indies is nine of the 15 of their squad are from Barbados. Which is just, which I just think it's interesting. I, don't, I read about this. I then went on down a real rabbit hole of looking at where every single like great West Indian cricketer is from in terms of which specific country. But um, they're very therefore they, they have reports are they're a very close knit group. They got on very well, and that kind of Barbadian core to their side. There, there's a lot of kind of talking in the West Indies, the Caribbean cricket about the fact that yeah they're close knit side and they're relatively decent great things together as a. There may be a watershed moment for the West Indies side, Test cricket and onwards. There's, there's real hope, which, given there's been lots of kind of talk of the demise of West Indian cricket, it's not as good as it was, or, or that it's become solely Ooh. all their best players have ended up stuck in franchise crickets, like Kieran Pollard's, Dwayne Bravo, Chris Gale, etc. Uh, maybe this is, there's hope that perhaps this is turning a corner and this side could really fly the flag of Caribbean cricket in- hard. I hope in- they do. Sorry, to England have just named their 13-man squad. Oh, Ooh. great. Just in time. Who have they got? Right, so, Ben Stokes, obviously. James Anderson, Joffre Archer, Don Bess, Stuart Broad, Rory Burns, Josh Butler, Zach Crawley, Joe Denley, Ollie Pope, Dom Sibley, Chris Wokes, Mark Wood. No folks, no Dan Lawrence, no um, 
no leech, interestingly. Interesting. So, so, so Crawley looks like he'll be number three and um, Denley number four, presumably, or the other way around. And I think then, the other way around, Crawley three, Denley four. And then Josh Butler's keeping, which, uh, which was, which, despite our pick, was probably the obvious choice. And then it's the same as we expected. And Don Best has edged out Jack Leach. So Jack Leach has, I think, suffered from that warm-up. Yeah, and also it's worth saying that you'd argue maybe Best is in best position, given how well he did do really well in South Africa. And mm-hmm. say, I'm not surprised they've gone with Best. Interesting that they've, yeah, that they haven't gone with Dan Lawrence. They have gone Crawley and Denley, which is what I would have picked. So I'm very happy with that. But I'm really sad about that. I was really excited to watch Dan Lawrence. Tough, tough on him, but I suppose the opportunity will come, you'd like to think. He's, he's much more, you feel like he's in there compared to Hildreth, North East. Those have been spurned in the past. Hildreth is just so harsh. Hildreth partially treated and North East is the new Hildreth, isn't he? Um, interestingly, we didn't talk about Sam Curran at all, did we? I know he's been ill, um, but he's been named in the reserve list. We never talked about Sam Curran. No, I, I, I really like the left arm option. I like the all-rounder option. It's it's just he's he's a bit he's a bits and pieces cricketer, like a real proper bits and pieces cricketer. Decent field, the bowls a bit, bats a bit. When you've got those four seamers that you and I want to see all play together, well, that's an exciting attack in England to have. And while Anderson and Broad hang on towards the latter years, you wonder, yeah, you know, whether whether Curran gets overlooked. What what do others think? I think he's a, the, the the thing about Sam Curran is that he has been a match winner for England. I mean, he's you know the the most recent Test series we played against India, he was man of the match possibly twice. I think for some really really valuable sort of sixties and seventies in the lower order and some really key wickets. So he might be a bit of a big game player, but I just think neither his batting or his bowling is is good enough to displace anyone who we picked in that team. I think he needs to go away and work on his bowling because when Anderson Broad eventually go, there's going to be opportunities. And he's a genuine swing bowler. So I think he needs to go away and make himself the next obvious heir apparent to Jimmy Anderson. I don't know, Kinners, you, you, you say that, but apparently the, the people at Surrey think that long-term he's going to be more of a batsman who bowls a bit. I could see that in the talent, but he doesn't ever hang around when he bats. I know sometimes it's really exciting, but then, uh, then I guess, conversely, he needs to go and work on his batting. Then at the moment, Rob's right, he's a bits and pieces player. Yeah, and I think that will always hold against him. The funny thing is, those kind of bits and pieces cricketers who can whack it a bit, bowl some handy left arm, you'd think he'd be perfect for limited overs cricket. But because he's a bit slow and small, which is, that's his big downfall, basically, is his height. If he was, if he was exactly the same cricketer, but six foot seven, he'd be such a handful as a bowler. But because he's, because he's little, he's quite easy and not that quick. He, He's quite easy to get on top of him one day cricket. In test cricket, he's good. He takes wickets, goes for a few runs. He's just, you know, he doesn't quite fit anywhere. He'd be the perfect club cricketer. I mean, I'm sure when he retires, he'll do bits playing club cricket. But for international cricket, when you want some world-class at something, I don't think he'll ever be world-class at anything. And that's, but he's so talented. And he's a match winner and he's a big game moments player. I feel he's perennially going to be England's 12th, 13th man for the next 10 years, really. Yeah, agreed. Anyway, so that's the that's the that's the squad. So it'll be interesting to see who they pick. It will be interesting to see how they pick. And I think now, I mean, the wonderful thing we've we've had the luxury this week of having a Zoom account that doesn't cut us off. So we uh, have been talking without the fear of the, the countdown clock that's going to interrupt us at, at any moment, which is great. But I I think that's probably all really we've got we've got time for. Just, just 
just interestingly, they did post the reserves list, and Bairstow and Moeen both aren't on the um, reserves list. Oh, spicy. Yeah. Moeen doesn't surprise me, but I thought Bairstow would be. Who's, who's the reserves list? Curran? James Bracey, Sam Curran, oh, nice. Ben Folks, Dan Lawrence, Jack Leach, Saqib Mahmood, Craig Overton, Ollie Robinson, Ollie Stone. And I think probably James Bracey's le- leaped over um, Bairstow there, I'd say. Or yeah. Dan Lawrence and Bracey, I suppose, in terms of the batting. Yeah, I'd say so. And uh, interestingly, they've got so many different bowling options in the, in the reserves. But I suppose that makes sense for a number of reasons in terms of net bowling, injuries, all, all those kind of things. Um, but yeah, look, gents, many, many thanks for, for joining me and Michael. Uh, it's been great to have you all on. There, we, we've announced our side, sadly not quite Match England's side, but uh, it'd be good, great to see how we get on and it'd be good to have you on at the end of the series to reflect back on three test matches and thinking about how, how England have done, really. I'm so excited. That's just it. I feel like a kid before Christmas. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's cricket. Nice. All right. No, cheers, cheers, lads. Absolute pleasure. Keen to do it again. Thanks, fellas. Thank you very much. See you all soon. Deal where recreational cricket will return, I will be playing at the first opportunity I'm allowed. Nice. All right. No, cheers, cheers lads. A- absolute pleasure. Keen to do it again. Thanks, fellas. Thank you very much. See you all soon. Very much. See you all soon. 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 Very much. See you all soon. Nice. All right. No, cheers, cheers, lads. Absolute pleasure. Keen to do it again. Thanks, fellas. Thank you very much. See you all soon. See you all soon. Very much. See you all soon. Cheers, lads. Absolute pleasure. Keen to do it again. Thanks, fellas. Thank you very much. See you all soon. See you all soon. Soon. Much. See you all soon. See you all soon. See you all soon. Thanks, fellas. Thank you very much. See you all soon. See you soon. See you soon. See you soon. See you soon. Nice. All right. No, cheers, cheers lads. A- absolute pleasure. Keen to do it again. Thanks, fellas. Thank you very much. See you soon. See you soon. See you soon. Pleasure. Keen to do it again. Thanks, fellas. Thank you very much. See you soon. See you soon. See you soon. See you soon. Fellas. Thank you very much. See you all soon. See you all soon. See you soon. Thanks, fellas. Thank you very much. See you all soon. Thank you very much. See you all soon. See you all soon. Thank you very much. See you all soon. 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 No, cheers, lads. Absolute pleasure. Keen to do it again. Thanks, fellas. Thank you very much. See you all soon. Very much. See you all soon. Soon. See you all soon. See you all soon.
Cheers, lads. Absolute pleasure. Keen to do it again. Thanks, fellas. Thank you very much. See you soon. Thank you very much. See you soon. Thanks, fellas. Thank you very much. See you soon. No, cheers, lads. Absolute pleasure. Keen to do it again. Thanks, fellas. Thank you very much. See you soon. See you soon. See you soon. Thanks, very much. See you soon. 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 Very much. See you soon. See you soon. Keen to do it again. Thanks, fellas. Thank you very much. See you soon. Soon. Very much. See you soon. See you soon. Soon. Thanks, fellas. Thank you very much. See you soon. The government's announcement that where recreational cricket will return, I will be playing the first opportunity I'm allowed. Nice. All right. No, cheers, cheers, lads. Absolute pleasure. Keen to do it again. Thanks, fellas. Thank you very much. See you soon. Soon. See you soon. Thank you very much. See you soon. Much. See you soon. See you soon. Nice. All right. No, cheers, lads. Absolute pleasure. Keen to do it again. Thanks, fellas. Thank you very much. See you soon. Nice. All right. No, cheers, lads. Absolute pleasure. Keen to do it again. Thanks, fellas. Thank you very much. See you soon. See you soon. See you soon. Thank you very much. See you soon. Thanks, fellas. Thank you very much. See you soon. I'm allowed. Nice. All right. No, cheers, lads. Absolute pleasure. Keen to do it again. Thanks, fellas. Thank you very much. See you soon. See you soon. See you soon. Soon. See you soon. Thank you very much. See you soon.